901, ladies and gentlemen, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after, Tyler, Tubby, with you on this fine Monday morning as we are officially at, in winter. Yes. I'm going to deem it now. It has come. It's here. Yeah. Old man winter is an impatient little bugger. Thanks for letting me enjoy an entire week worth of fall and the leaves. And now it's upon us. The but cold it's going to get back up to 60 and sunny later this week. So I don't know if that's really winter weather. Well, I don't know. It's a tease. It's it's just tormenting us. It's how we roll. But it makes us stronger. That's why we say burrow built. I don't think that's the reason why we say burrow built at all. No, because of Bill's character? I don't think it's anything to do with the weather. No? No. Oh, well. I mean, right. I, you can keep saying that if it makes you feel better. Well, it does a little bit. You know. It does. Anywho. Um, yeah, a lot of snow over the weekend. Hopefully you, uh, I don't know, did stay out of it. I tried to. I don't know. We built a snowman. You did not build a snowman. There was like an inch of snow. Not where I was at, dude. We had like two to three inches. You still can't build a snowman with two to three inches of snow. Yes, you can if you have a big enough yard like I do. You got pictures? No. That didn't happen. Right on. Anywho, um, their sports did happen over the weekend, nationally, locally, all the way in between. Um, and we're going to talk about it all right here on uh, The Morning After, EdinburghNow.com, the TuneIn app on mobile devices. Um, Borough Sports Report, normally Monday mornings we'll talk about a Borough football uh, game because normally they play on a Saturday. But with the Thursday night contest, we had Fenner in here on Friday morning to recap that. Um, so no him today, just Tubby and I for the, fi- for the 60 minutes. For you fine folks this morning. And uh, we're going to look at the other Borough sports as we have a time to do so with the uh, Borough football shakeup in the schedule. And don't forget, Borough football will be on that Thursday night grind again this week as they had practiced late last night at Sox Harrison Stadium um, with the short week. And uh, that'll be a 6 o'clock kick at home here at Sox Harrison on campus. 6 o'clock kick against the Mercyhurst Lakers, which you can hear right here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. EdinburghNow.com, the TuneIn app on mobile devices. You can also watch it on ETV Channel 4 in town and also online at Edinburgh.tv. So we got you covered for that game, the final game of the season that will be on ETV. Um, of course, 88.9, the home for all borough football contests. We got you covered till week 11. Um, so, But before we get to that, later on in the week, some borough sports to get to today. A lot of things happening. Um, as we mentioned, winter is slowly upon us, which means uh, some of our indoor sports are getting started, like swimming got started underway, uh, got underway, excuse me, um, on Friday night, welcoming IUP to McComb Fieldhouse. Women's, men's meet, taking care of business there. And uh, it was an interesting one. The women... Having a solid outing. A lot of PSAC qualifying times in this one, Tubby. Mary Rosati, Anastasia Zemkif, a freshman from Ukraine, with nice. three PSAC, or excuse me, three first place finishes, multiple PSAC qualifying times. Holly Stein, who actually won the breaststroke and came in second in an individual medley, had a solid Friday night. She placed two PSAC qualifying times. Brianna Purnell and Morgan Joseph also had PSAC qualifying times. you know what that means? It means a lot of people are going to the tourney? No. Oh. 
And it's not a tournament either. Well, the big meet, like, championship meet. Well, your qualifying time, it's a preliminary qualifying time. It can change throughout the year. So right now, that time last year qualified for it. Oh, uh, okay. So they haven't, like, set the standard for... Well, the standard could stay the same. It could also change. Okay. It's a confusing thing. Yeah, I, I don't... I mean, other than who goes the fastest, I, I don't really understand, like, how the they qualify for swimming and, and i apologize well it's just all times right i, I, mean, I know there's it, no other way you can well i, I know it's based i know it's based on times but i just i haven't i haven't really researched have you ever have you ever seen a swim meet at any level yes yes i have i had i had several friends that uh, in high school um broke several school records and uh went on to states as a swim team there you go so i mean i i have i have watched i have witnessed um Several meets, but I, I, other than just screaming my fool head off, hoping that they won their race, I, you know, nothing. Yeah. So the women did fall in the team aspect to IUP 116 to 88. On the men's side, only one first place finish, and that was in the 200 yard freestyle relay. Justin Randall, Josh Biabau, Alex Shugarts, and Micah Cottell combined for a time of 129.26. Getting that first place finish. Cottell placed second in the 50-yard freestyle. Earned a PSAC qualifying time. And Justin Ransel posted a PSAC qualifying time in the 100-yard butterfly. Josh Biabau had a PSAC qualifying times in 500-yard freestyle and the 1,000-yard freestyle. Freshman Marcus Grosso for the men's team Mm -hmm. from Michigan. Place second in the 200-yard freestyle PSAC qualifying time. So a solid day um, overall for the, for the fighting Scots in the pool. But the men's team did fall to IUP as well in the team aspect, 132 to 69. So, But individually, solid stuff. And, and you know, one thing, Tubby, that I could probably tell you about swimming is it's, it's very much like cross-country. And if you listen or talk to uh, Rick Hammer, our cross-country coach, here at Edinburgh at all, those first few meets of the season don't matter at all. He no. doesn't. He doesn't care. Nope. Wins, losses, anything in between, um, because they're they're training like they're not even running meets. They're training like they're in preseason. They're training like they're big. Like their competition is weeks and weeks away, despite them competing on Saturdays. Right. Because it's it's a ramp up. Everything builds to everything builds to the end of the season, and for the, for the finals. Right. Well, yes. I mean, because you don't want to peak too early. Because if you train too hard, and you you max out early in the season, then the trend is is that towards the end of the season, when it really counts, is when you fall off and your fatigue sets in and your muscles deteriorate and everything falls apart. See, cross country. I know. I ran cross country in high school. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You did not run cross-country in high school. I did. I have proof. I can bring in the news clippings. I have physical proof. What, what have you last at the race? No, I wasn't, score? I wasn't last. I was like number four or five on the team. That ain't true! It is true. There's no way you were on the cross-country team. Yep. Varsity. Varsity. They probably didn't have a JV. No, they did. They did have a JV. Because we had like 13 guys and only your top five guys placed count for points you're or no top seven count for points how many years you do cross country 
I did cross country um, my entire junior or uh, junior high career, seventh, eighth, and ninth. So that's middle school. That's not varsity. Uh, hold on, I'm building up to it. And then I did, I did varsity my sophomore year. And then what after happened that, freshman year. Huh? What happened freshman year? That's what I said. Seventh, eighth, and ninth is considered junior high. Oh, oh, okay, okay. At the time. All right, all right. Yeah, see, I, I didn't have that. Yeah, because you didn't listen. No, but anyway. I said I didn't have that in school. Yeah, you also didn't hear me because I said seventh, eighth, and ninth. You're right. You blame me for not listening so to you. you. Play, so you ran junior high or middle school mm-hmm. cross country. And I did. And then what happened after sophomore year? I, after that, I didn't because I had to get a job. I needed money. So I worked at Burger King. Interesting. Yep. And then I also ran track. I ran 110 and 300 meter hurdles. And I wasn't all that good. But I was okay. It's good work by you. Thanks. So swimming on Saturday, taking care of business there. They're next in action on Saturday. Or excuse me, this Friday Friday. night. Again, at the Westminster Relays. Women's soccer. Man, what what a match. Saturday was, if you didn't make it out to the game on Saturday, snow-covered Sox Harrison Stadium. Um, I tweeted out a picture on Saturday from Greg Mizick, one of the sports information photographers. Um, Looked like the frozen tundra of Green Bay, I believe you mentioned in your comments. That was was a pregame photo. Right. That was just the frost overnight, but the actual snow that fell during the game. Just looked like it was a bl- like it was just completely white. The ball couldn't move. It really affected the second half. There was no really no offense. Just one goal in the second half. Ashley Mutkus, her second of the game. But nonetheless, Edinburgh beat Kutztown four to one on Saturday, in the snow, um, snow, wind, rain, hail. I think we had it all. And then the sun came out at the end. So, but that's Edinburgh for you. Right. Just as a final kicker. So Edinburgh snaps a two-game losing streak, moves to 9-5 and five overall, 8-4 and four in the PSAC. And the biggest part about getting that win was Kutztown was on a five-match winning streak, and it bumped them down now in the PSAC to 8-4. and four. So Edinburgh Kutztown battling close with each other in about the thick of the PSAC playoff picture, and now they both have identical conference records, and Edinburgh holds the tiebreaker. So that could become crucial if there were some ties that need to be broken at the end of the regular season, which will be here before you know it. There's only like four matches left in the regular season. Time's flying. Snow's starting to fall, so fall sports has to be over. Right. So, good work by the ladies. Ashley Mutkus with two goals in the contest, assisted Jansen Hartman in another one, and then uh, Alex Brown had the fourth goal for the Fighting Scots on the day to get them back into their winning ways. Um, They are next in action this Wednesday, 6 o'clock, Hosting SRU at Sox Harrison Stadium. Go out and support the ladies. And then if you can't make it then, they are also in action at home on Saturday at 1 o'clock. Hosting East Stroudsburg, which should be a good contest as well. And then lastly, a team that's just doing unbelievable right now. The Edinburgh Women's Volleyball Team. They are on a tear. A tear. 22-2 and overall. 11-1 and in the PSAC. Excuse me, 23-2 and overall. 11 and 1 in the or 12 and 1 in the PSAC. Don't want to dock them anything. They've now winners of 10 straight matches for the second time this season they've rattled off a 10 match winning streak. They were over at on the eastern side of the state for four matches on the PSAC East West crossover. Now mind you the East division is far less 
superior than the Western Division. So the the like for example, they face Cheney. Okay. I'm just gonna let that go. All right. But they face Cheney. If you know anything about PSAC sports, you'll understand what I'm saying. I don't think anybody played in that game. Like p- players that haven't played in weeks played in that game. Oh, okay. Still won. According to the box score, the match was finished in 59 minutes. Wow. Pretty quick. That's a quick match. So they did, they did not lose a set in this entire weekend. Right. Won all four matches in straight sets because they're just absolutely dominating players. Um, Jackie Mullins stepping up big for the injured Jen Gruber, who is done for the year. Um, so she'll still have another year, at least one more in an Edinburgh uniform. But Jackie Mullins stepping in for her, doing quite well. And, of course, Shallon Litweiler, who's leading the PSAC and serves and kills, is just dominating. Right. She had three three aces over the weekend, or is that just the one match? She had the three aces in, in just their match against East Strasburg. Okay. She had three against Westchester, and then that's just on Saturday. Just killing it. Amazing. I'm excited. I, I'm really, I'm really excited to see how far this. Uh, Does this that mean you'll actually team. go to a match? I'm gonna make every best effort. Oh I, gosh. I mean, that's the best I could say. I don't. I, I hate to be non-committal, and I hate to be that guy. But I just have. I just, I just have a lot of commitments. I really do. And, and I'm sorry to say it. I mean, it's, it's a bad job out of me. But, I don't know. I'm going to try. I'm trying to be as involved as I humanly possibly can be. So they have a couple of home matches coming up. So if you are not as committed as the overly committed and apparently harder working than myself, Tubby, you can go watch the women's volleyball team. They host Cal on Friday night at 7 o'clock in McComb Fieldhouse. And then if you want to see them on Saturday, if that fits into your schedule better, Four o'clock, they host Seton Hill at McComb Fieldhouse as well. So only a couple more home matches for the ladies, too. So your last few chances to catch them. Hopefully, maybe women's soccer and or volleyball can host some playoff action, Tubby. Then maybe you'll actually step it up and show and show your face at a game or a match. But until then, that's what the best thing you can do. So good work by the ladies as uh, they have just been unstoppable thus far. And just a few more matches to go. Tops in the PSAC West, continuing on their dominance in women's volleyball. And, of course, we already said football on Thursday. Cross country as well. We will talk about later this week the PSAC championships on Saturday at Slippery Rock. Now things are going to start to matter. So we'll hear from head coach Rick Hammer along with others later this week right here on the morning after. I will be making the trip to the PSAC championships with the squad. So we'll have, uh, we'll have reports from there. So it should be good stuff. Awesome. And uh, we'll talk about that later on because now cross country, as Rick Hammer says, these are the three big meets, PSACs, regionals, and nationals. Good stuff there. We're going to hit our first break on the show, come back, and then we're going to just dive into the National Football League. A lot of good stuff. Sunday, fun day in the NFL. Um, week six. 99.9% the way done, except for my Philadelphia Eagles. Have to get things done against the New York football giants tonight. We'll talk about that game, everything else that transpired, and more. Don't go anywhere. It's the morning after here on Fighting Scouts Radio.
Support for WFSE is provided in part by Quickfill, a chain of 300 convenience stores and gas stations in the tri-state area, offering American-made fuels from United Refining Company in Warren, Pennsylvania. Information is at quickfill.com. Supporters of WFSE include John's Wildwood Pizzeria, featuring a selection of pizza, hoagies, wings, salads, and more. John's is open daily at 105 Erie Street in Edinburgh. Information is at 814-734-734. 7355 or on the web at com. 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after. Tyler Tubby. But you fine, folks. Yep, we're here. We're here. Loud and proud. <laughs> Getting ready to talk. NFL and the like. As we continue on. With our Monday morning show, of course, we got you Monday through Friday, 9 to 10 a.m., edinburghnow.com, the TuneIn app, and right here on 88.9 on your dial. So getting into the NFL talk, stuff Tubby likes to talk about because he actually feels educated about things for the some, some part of it. Did you watch football yesterday, I guess? I did question. watch football yesterday. boy. So where do, you want, where do you want to start, Tyler? Where do you want to take us? Because there was a lot that went on. <coughs> there is, a there, lot. There is, there is, there is. I think, I think, I'm going to start with the game that I watched the most of, because I missed the first half of action because Fenner and I were at that Keystone State shootout. Um, so I missed most of the first half of games. And I actually didn't even really use my direct my Sunday ticket. I watched some games on my phone as they were later in the games, but I didn't really surf around like I normally did in the last few weeks. I'm going to start with one that's going to hit home for you, just because I want to get you riled up on it. Overtime. Right. And this is the game I actually watched, too, okay. for the most point. Broncos 26, Browns 23. Yep. Overtime. Yep. Horrible loss. Do you feel better about the Browns after this loss than you did going into it? No. Why not? I, I, they're the same team. They play up to tough competition, and they play down to poor competition. It's, it's the What do you mean they team. play up? So you're ta- Okay, so let me ask you last year. Last year's Browns, last year's Broncos, the Browns lose by three in overtime. Right. That's BS. That's absolute BS. And you're, you, you're so delusional to say that. You don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. There's no way the Browns last year would have only lost by three points overtime to, pay, to last year's Peyton Manning and last year's Denver Broncos. No, we probably – well – That's the question I just asked you. Do you listen? No. I never listen to you. So then don't yell at me that I don't listen to you when I miss ninth well, no, grade. Well, no. I'm just, I'm just paying you back. That's all. Just a little, just a little jab. Okay, well, can you focus so we can okay, have a sports fo- conversation? Okay, I'm, I'm on it. I'm asking you, did the Browns last year, the Browns last year's team, would they have only lost by three points to last year's Denver Broncos? I think they would have won. How? Because our defense was a lot better last year. But the Broncos were ten times better last year. Exactly, but I think we would have had a defense that actually shut them down. <laughs> All right. I'm saying the Browns would have lost by a heck of a lot more to the Broncos okay. last year. That's fine. The Browns have made vast improvements. The Browns are a rebuilding team, and I don't understand why you're so down on them. Because I, we've been rebuilding since 1999. I got that. I got that. Other teams reload, we rebuild okay, every year. You're right. You're right, but you don't. You're not spending the budget that some of these other teams are. It comes down to money at the end of the day. It all comes down to money. It comes down to money in college sports. It comes down to money in pro sports. Look at the Phillies when they were good. Okay, how would you have the Browns spend their money differently? I don't know. Better scouts so they draft the right person? (laughs) Okay. 
So then what is the reason that the Browns haven't been able to build properly since 99 then? Because they keep blowing it up. They keep changing coaches. They keep firing GMs like it's going out of style. I mean, when you change coaching staffs and front office personnel like most people change their underwear, or it, it's just, you can't build consistency. Look at the other teams in the league. Look at the, Well, if you just look at the other teams in their division, right? The Bengals, same head coach for years. The Steelers with the Roonies, same head coach, same GM for years. But they won. Exactly. Because they have that foundation. Mike Tomlin, when he took over for Cower, he didn't screw up the cha-cha. They still play Steeler football. He didn't change it up drastically. But there's no Browns football to continue. You just Exactly. Went- because they keep changing the coach and the GM. So you're so okay. So they go. They go. What what were, what were the Browns' record last year? Like seven and something. Okay, I so they were they seven and nine. Last seven year. and nine. Yeah. So we'll just say they're seven and nine. Yeah. Sub five hundred. So okay. Okay. Their best season since two thousand seven. Now believe. remind. Okay, exactly. So then Petten's there. So Petten say they go five and eleven this year with Petten. Right. So you fire him. No. No, I'm with. Co- I'm I'm a hundred percent behind Coach Petten. This is only year two. The players like him. And the, the players... Browns will probably be behind him, too. Exactly. And I'm saying stick with them. I mean, there's a lot of people in Cleveland right now that are calling for Coach Petten's head. He can't manage the clock. Well, then All that's this... bad fans. That's bad fans. It you're, is. Your fans don't understand sports. No. No. They've just, they're just tired. They want to. They see... It's been a year and a half. That's, that's a bad that's But a bad other fan teams base. can turn it around in a year and a half. Other teams can do it. Why not us? Give me a team that went from nothing to a turning it, turning it, quote unquote, around in a year and a half. Give me an NFL team. Minnesota right now, this year. They look legit. You think the Vikings are going to make the playoffs? There's a possibility with the way that the uh, uh, Chicago and Detroit are playing. There's okay, a legit. Right. They're three and two right now. A lot of teams are two and three, two and two. Three right. and two. So, yeah, they're off to a great start. But I wouldn't say – I mean, I would imagine turning it around because a, a, a solid football franchise is making the postseason. Right. And I think they can make the postseason this year out of the NFC. I think they can definitely snatch one of the wild card slots looking, but, at, looking over the rest of the NFC. Okay, so that's to be determined. But I want, I want a proven case of a team that went from nothing – now, I don't really think the Vikings went from nothing because they also had Adrian Peterson. You can't count last year. They didn't have him. But for all those other years that they were mediocre, they had Adrian the year Peterson. The, Ra- the year the Raiders turned it around with Gruden? When was that, early 2000s? Yeah. What were they the year before? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. And with our internet. I'm just spitballing here. This isn't your academics. You can't just spitball with this. Because I know that's what you do with your schoolwork. Oh, Okay. That's what I do with my schoolwork. Well, yeah, that's because you're talented. Let's not have this conversation right now. What? I'm just, I'm just pointing it out. I mean, you're a talented. I'm giving you a compliment. This is me. I know. Who, who but normally it's, picks it's, on you? I'm just trying to talk sports. That's, I, that's I'm what I'm to trying do. to do here. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the 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 fan base of Cleveland is tired of watching a team struggle and then blowing it up year after year after year. And because when you get so used to that, that's all you know. So that's all you cry for. When things automatically go wrong. The fan base of I know I'm going to get flack for this, but the fan base of Cleveland is uneducated. No. Yes, they are. No. I don't care if that's all you know. Okay. You, you don't blow it up. As an educated sports fan, you need to know not to give up so quickly. 
Okay. Why is it that just because that's all you know, that's all you're going to do? Like you don't like it's not like you're a four year old child and that's the and that's how you were raised. Right. You, you see thirty one other NFL franchises holding on to things. You talk about the different coaches being held on. The 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 Cincinnati Bengals holding on to their coach. Tom Coughlin keeping his job in New York for years and years and years, despite even the fan base calling for him and saying that he's on the high. If team. you look at the if you look at the history of coaches that have coached in the NFL, have coached for the Cleveland Browns since nineteen ninety nine. Where are the what other head coach that has coached the Browns is currently in a head coaching job within the NFL? Can you name me one? Yeah. Who? Belichick. Nope, that's pre that's pre ninety nine. He was coaching ninety five when the Browns. You left. didn't just say you. Do- I when said you- since ninety nine. You did not. I did. We'll read. We'll go back through the tape. <laughs> We're gonna go to the tape because you did not say. I did. Since ninety nine, there is no head coach that has ever coached the Browns that is still coaching in the N. Well, they they are coaching in the NFL, but they are coordinators. Shermer's a coordinator. Mangini is gone. Okay. Romeo's a coordinator. I'm trying to think back. Uh, Butch Davis is gone. Okay, but they're still in the NFL. They got to get a shot somehow, some way. Yeah, but nobody else will hire him as a head coach. That's my point. I think Chud's a coordinator, a film reviewer, a position coach at this point. You see what I'm saying? I mean, they want to blow it up because they don't feel that they have the right head coach to lead this team. But I'm saying that with Mike Pettin, right now, we have a head coach that's solid and just like the rest of the, just like a rookie coming in the league. I think we need to stick with him. I think we need to stick with Ray Farmer and build some stability finally in Cleveland. That's my point. That's what I'm trying to get out. I, I mean, it goes against – I mean, I granted I'm defending the, the Cleveland fan right, base. Right, so because, how are you defending them when you're completely having another point than them? Because I usually have a different point to them. But that's because I'm on the outside. But I understand – Because you're a half-educated Cleveland fan. The other I'm ones aren't educated. educated. Because you're still defending them. You, were, you would be fully educated if you abandoned them. If you no. said they're wrong and you're right, then you would be fully educated. Right. So, if you, so, you're telling me, so you're telling me that you would abandon your fan base as, as an Eagles fan. If they were completely wrong, yes. Because I can be objective. There okay. are Philadelphia Eagles fans that are like, I don't want Chip Kelly anymore. I'm, I'm giving up on him. And the Eagles fan base switches so quick. They're worse on coaches than any other fan base in professional sports. But how long did they stick with Andy Reid? A long time. Longer than most fans want it. That's Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, being, being trust, be, having trust in his coaches. Right, and they had some success with him. They did, but not in those last few years. He hung on a few too many years. Okay. Jeff Lurie hung on him, and the Eagles fans wanted him. But did they listen to him? No. So maybe it's the, maybe it's the, it's the ownership that's blowing things up too much. And it's them that maybe need to have more trustworthiness in them. Right, well, this is only like your... Three and a half of Jimmy Haslam owning the Browns. So and things we'll have been ten times better, right? We're getting marginally better, yeah. See, that's all I'm asking is for you people to be happier about the Browns. The Browns were in that. See, I have the benefit game. of being objective because now, as we go through this journalism journey that you and I are both striving to get a degree in, we have the benefit of being objective. But when you're a fan and your heart is just in it and you're just a fan, you don't see things as clearly. Because as a journalist, we take back and we take out our bias and we're more objective. But I'm still going to defend our my fandom's right to be that knee-jerky. Okay, but as a fan, regardless, I think even as a fan, you should be able to see progress. You should be able to be like, we were the Cleveland Browns and we were the joke of the National Football League just 12, 18 months ago. 
and now we lost by three in overtime to an undefeated team. Right, you because could have we... had the chance to beat an undefeated team in the National Football League, a team that could potentially make and win the Super Bowl this season. Right. You were a couple good plays away. Yeah, you made mistakes, but so did Peyton Manning. So Peyton Manning is not the greatest offense. Josh McCown and Cleveland Browns don't have the greatest offense. Despite that being a 26-23 final score, that was a heck of a defensive battle. Right. And Barkevius Mingo actually showed up, so that was cool. So what I'm saying is you should you should see the positives. You should see the growth. Uh, we You're don't not, take moral victories in the NFL because at the end of it, what is it? It's your win it's and loss. It's a loss. But you just said you didn't expect to win more than two games. You've already won two games through six weeks. Right. So you, they've already met your expectations. So everything right. else should just be bonus points at this point in time. Now you're becoming extra greedy. You should be on cloud nine because they won two games already with ten more games to go. But no, you're still upset with them having ten more opportunities to exceed your expectations. You're still upset they lost by three points. When in reality, that was a heck of a moral victory. And you should have moral victories when you only win two games an entire season. You've won two games through six. You've won two games through six weeks in the National Football League. You almost beat Peyton Manning, a defending a Super Bowl champion, a six and zero Denver Broncos team, and you're sitting here telling me that you still hate the you still hate the Cleveland Browns just as much as you did the week before and think this yes. isn't a, this isn't a solid football team. No. You're not rooting for the Bengals. No, who, because who we always there. play up to good competition. The Broncos were a good competition. We stepped up to them, but then we turn around and make the stinking Raiders look like pro bowlers. The Raiders, pro bowlers. The Raiders are a decent team. Okay. Now you've just lost it. The Raiders are I don't a know what team. you're drinking, but it's I don't know what you do before the morning, but it's something. The Raiders had a bye this week. But the Raiders are a decent team. They're, up, they're on the upswing. They're not the Minnesota Vikings, but they're not the Jacksonville Jaguars either. The Jags are 1-5. Okay. The Raiders could beat the Niners. Well, yeah. I mean, the Raiders, the so that's Niners, what I'm saying. The Niners are struggling. You picked the Raiders as the worst team, as like the team not that, the what, not the worst team, but they're not a they're not a top tier team. They're not a top tier team. They're not chock full of Pro Bowlers. They're not. They're not. But you know who else? On paper, the Browns, the the so lauded Browns okay. that you said that were such a better team, they are. should have beaten them. Right. Should have. Right. Did they? No. No. But that's you, my point. You know who else plays down to their opponents? The Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers ever, had it. The Steelers had it. Had it. That was a crazy game. Right, right. And I'm so happy for for. Okay, as as Mr. Cleveland, I know I'm not supposed to say anything positive about Pittsburgh, but I love Landry Jones. Right, good quarterback. But to love the point it. that we're still talking about here. Okay, let's try to stay focused. All right. The Steelers are four and two this year. All right, they beat the Cardinals by twelve. Right. Cardinals a solid team, so they barely beat. I mean, twelve points is a decent victory. It's not like one, two, three, it field goal in overtime. But you honestly have to know, notoriously, the Steelers play down to their opponents. Am I wrong? Tell me if I'm wrong. No, not every year. Just this past year they have. The past couple years, I believe. I, I don't know. A lot, I, I think out of any solid team that, is, that has been good over the last three to five years, the Steelers have been in more close games than any of them. Okay. I can give you that. Now, do you see the Steelers fans up in arms saying, oh, they only beat the Raiders by three. 
Yeah. They should have crushed them by 20. Yeah. But it's still a win. It doesn't matter. But they don't feel any less about the Steelers. They still feel they're yes, a solid they do. team. No, they don't. Have you talked to Pittsburgh fans? Nope, I guess not. No. I guess I'm just in my own little bubble. You must be. I don't know who you're talking to, but the long-standing Pittsburgh fans, they are not happy. Listen, if the Eagles if the Eagles beat the Broncos, or, okay, I mean, I'll pick a different team. If the Eagles beat the Bills by one or if they beat the Bills by 25, I'm still happy. Okay. It's a win. A win's a win. Okay. The, qu- the definition of a win is you have more points than the other team. Then why isn't a loss a loss? Because if a win is a win, point. then why isn't a loss a loss? Because a loss is a loss. On the paper, the Browns lost yesterday. Exactly. But there's mentally, nothing to take away from that. We lost. But you almost beat we lost an at home team to a team that we haven't beaten since 1990. Yeah, because they've been ten times better than you since 1990. <sighs> and go through go through the history of the Browns bet Broncos series since 1990. I bet you that is one of the top three closest games since 1990. Still a loss. I encourage you during our next break because we're going to hit it like now. Yeah, if if our network works, go ahead and do that. Okay, you want to throw Tech and Com under the bus more? Go for it. I can give you about another twenty seconds to do that. Go ahead. You want anything? Go ahead. Open go mic. Go on. for it. No, carry on. All right, it's your show. I'm just here. All right, so we'll go to a break. We'll be back after this. Serving Edinburgh University and the world from our studios in Compton Hall. This is eighty-eight point nine WFSE Edinburgh. 9.43 here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after. EdinburghNow.com. Tune in app on mobile devices. Tyler and Tubby here with you on a Monday morning. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you're staying warm on this on this sauna that is a Monday morning here. Going to get up to the 50s, though, so that's pretty warm mm-hmm. compared to the weekend. Yep. Uh, if you missed any of today's action or just want to listen to this nonsense again, you can check our podcast out on EdinburghNow.com. Posted around the afternoon time every day. Right there on edronow.com, which should be your homepage, really, by at this point in time. Anywho, let's move. On. Well, first, let's finish up our stat from our right. from our uh, our previous co- so discussion. So you were so you were correct. Well, actually, it's tied for the number two, for the second closest game. It's tied overall. for number one. No, we, number two, because they they the Broncos beat the Browns. Browns at never mind. You're right. Math. Sorry, I got confused. Right. So the what he's trying to say is since 1990, the closest the Browns have ever gotten to winning is losing by three. Correct. Yesterday is the third time they've lost by three. Correct. Yeah. So you're right. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Way to go. Well Thank done. Thank you. Good job out of you. Thank you. So all I'm saying is progress, which we're just going to have to agree to disagree because – you're just not going to see it that way. No, because I'm still seeing the same old Browns. But I think that if we stay with Patton and we stay with Farmer. And you stay with Josh McCown. Not saying long term, but this year. It's a very Browns thing to do to go to, go to Johnny Manziel. It is, but he's been in a little bit of trouble. Got caught speeding over the weekend. Like before. Could be a lot worse things he could be yeah, doing than caught be. speeding. Yeah. He was sober, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I believe he was. Uh, he was? Okay. Yes. Well, if he was sober, it's good. It's a step. It's a start. So what I'm saying is there's a lot worse things NFL players were, were doing this weekend. We just didn't hear about it because their name's not Johnny Manziel. Correct. Going into other things because there were other games in the National Football League. Yes, there were. There was a lot of good games. Um, Bears-Lions is not one of the good games. No. Um, though These two teams are horrible. Tr- dumpster fires. I mean, how can the Lions let the 
Bears. Let Jay Cutler lead Bears. Go down the field and tie the game up in 24 seconds at the end of regulation. Crazy. I don't understand it. You can't be a defense. The defense coordinator should have lost his job that day. He should so, not be able to left forward field without it. With so, are, so is Detroit seriously missing in Dominic and Sue? I don't know about that because Sue's not really doing much in Miami. Right, but I think that can be chalked up to scheme and learning a new defensive. I don't know. I mean, that's what I would blame it on if I was coming up with excuses. I mean, it's po- it possibly has a has a factor in it. I, either way, Detroit's done. Yep. Chicago, I don't know. They're they're done too. Yep. Um, another game that wasn't no one really cared about. Texans beat the Jags thirty-one twenty. I don't even think Fenner ended up watching this game because they were down like twenty-one ten by the time we got out of the Keystone State shootout. But Miami. In their interim coach's debut, gets the win 38-10 to over the Tennessee Titans. Titans are now 1-4. They're done. It's over? It's over. They're not going to come back. Marcus Mariota's got an MRI. If, even if he stays healthy for the rest of the season, he, they're, they're done. You going to try to tell me otherwise? No. Good, because it's true. There's no way they can. Is there something to build on, though? Is there hope for Mike Fenner's Tennessee Titans? Well, you have Marcus Mariota. So I there's mean, hope? Yes. Okay. I mean, they're going to get another high draft pick. Are they better than the Titans of last year? Well, the Titans of last year had two wins, right? Right. So if they get two, more than two wins, then I'd say yes. Okay. You also have Marcus Mariota. So okay. asset-wise, I think you're worth more. Okay. I can buy that for a dollar. How about the Carolina Panthers? <laughs> you watch this game? No, I did not watch this game, but I heard about it. Amazing Carolina, one. coming back. Staying undefeated. Cam Newton is a man. In Seattle. 20 to 36. 20 for 36. 269 yards on one passing touchdown. Jimmy Graham actually showed up in this game for Seattle. He catches 140 yards. But yeah, you, they're right. They beat Seattle, beat the 12th man at CenturyLink Field. 27 23. 13 fourth quarter points for these Carolina Panthers who moved to 5 0 overall. Are, is Carolina legit? Yeah. I don't see why not. I do not see why not. I mean, especially with Atlanta going down. That is true. In, in a shocker, the Thursday night game. So, yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, they had poor Russell Wilson running for his life. I mean, there's that off that offensive line in Seattle is having some struggles. They are on the struggle bus. That they are. This is true. So. I agree. I think Carolina is legit. I think Cam Newton, if he can stay healthy, and if they can get the rest of that team to, st- to avoid the injury bug, they'll be able to take care of business and uh, watch out. They'll be, they'll be on the move. This Carolina team probably going to win the NFC South uh, with ease, especially now that it's an open, you know, it it's, it's, was one of the worst divisions, now one of the best divisions because Carolina's 5-0, and um, Atlanta's 5-1, and and New Orleans is sticking around at 2-4. and they could play spoiler. Well, they did on Thursday. Right. So they I already mean, they, have. They could, they could still spoil some other team's dreams. So they're not, they're not done yet. Right. So solid win there by them. Uh, the Packers just emerged over the Chargers 27-20. Chargers played a heck of a game against Green Bay. They did. I, I did watch this game. Um, and, it, you know, I never thought that Rivers was out of it. I never thought that uh, – that the Chargers did not have a chance to win this game. I mean, Green Bay was not looking dominant like Green Bay usually is, but I think that's probably because of the throwback uniforms. Had Potentially. Everybody. So, 
Now, let me ask you this question. Since San Diego had such a great job against Green Bay, right. does that make you feel better about Cleveland almost beating San Diego? No. Still a loss. San Fran just got by Baltimore in an ugly game of two terrible teams. I can't believe this was on locally on cable. This, this was horrible. I don't know why they why they put this game on. <laughs> I, I mean, was like it was the only game too. I know. I was That's so mad like, because they terrible. we were watching the previews coming up, and the wife and I were all excited because we'd get to watch the Brownies at one, and and she would console me as the Browns lost, and then I would you know get to regain. You know, feel better about myself watching her Packers win following the Browns' loss. And then imagine our shock face when all of a sudden we see Baltimore, Baltimore San Francisco. This is horrible. They should have flexed out of it. So they, yeah, well, they did at the end. Well, it ended quickly, thank God. Yes, yeah, so we got to see the, like, the six minutes of that Packers game, Yeah, which was nice. Because no one wanted that game to be, like, be playing. They just wanted to get that done. Yeah. Baltimore, San Fran. And then the Sunday nighter, New England, that was a heck of a lot closer than we expected. A heck of a lot closer. As they only emerged 34-27 to 27 over Indy. So much hype behind this game, too. So well, much because hype. Because it was a Deflategate game. Did you expect there not to be? Well, I think it was much to do about nothing. I think it was just two teams that, you know, I mean, Indianapolis desperate looking for a win. And, you know, New England to assert its dominance. But Yeah, but it had to do with Deflategate. I don't care. I'm over it. Listen, when it was picked, the Sunday night football schedule was picked. Tom Brady was still suspended. Right. So if he the suspension was upheld for the entire length of it, when would he have come back? This game? Right. Okay. So that's why this game had hype. But then he did not get suspended. So then he was and back. He was, and he was there the whole time. Well, Sunday night football can't flex out. Number one. Number two, it was still interesting. It was still the first time those two teams. Right. Met I mean, that's what I'm saying. Gate. For the for the game's sake, I think without all the the flake gate hype and without the flake gate, this game meant nothing. I it think was, it was still two great teams. I mean, you still had Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck and, made his comeback. Yes, after and, missing two and, games. And uh, you know, and but he wasn't great. He was thirty for fifty. Just barely completed fifty percent of his passes. It's never good when your quarterback has to attempt fifty passes. Am I wrong? No, you're right. Yeah, he got 312 yards. I think the magic number is somewhere between 30 and 40 because you want to establish the run game. Three touchdowns, but still. No, I mean, it was it was a solid game. Don't get me wrong. It was interesting. Um, but, I mean, I don't think it was the blowout that people expected because I expected New England to just come in there and just light them up. Light them up. Completely blow them out? Oh, yeah. You're talking like 40, 40 to like 10? No, I'm talking like I can see like 38-17. Okay. That, that's a fair assessment. I could I have probably... I could have probably went along with you on that. But the Steelers beat the Cardinals. We could talk about that since you wanted since you're in love with Landry Jones. I do. I really wanted this kid coming out of college. I wanted him for the Browns and we just didn't pick this him up. This is the first time he's been active in his NFL career. I know it. And I, I had been chomping at the bit. I didn't understand why they kept going to these rehashed, you know, jerks or whatever. I don't I don't know. Jerks. Jerks. I, I can't I can't say the words that I want to say. So I said jerks. But yeah, so I, you know, I, I was excited for him, and I'm glad I'm glad he was able to lead the team back and and get a win, just for him because I like him. I don't like Pittsburgh, but I like him. There you go. Bills lose to the Bengals. Bengals move to six and zero. Bills three and three. The Bills done. 
Possibly. See, now this is a team that I'm done with because this is a team, I think, that has not improved. This is, I mean, I like Rex Ryan. Okay. But I have more optimism for the Browns than I do the Bills. There's only one game difference between their record. Yikes. Because put it this way, the Bills, I think, talk a heck of a bigger game. Well, that's because of Rex. Right. But I also th- I think the Browns, if the Bills, I think the Browns would play better against better competition than the Bills would. Okay. I feel better about the Browns than I do the Bills. I think the Bills are done this year, 3-3. Three and three. Uh, LaShawn McCoy hasn't been LaShawn McCoy. Uh, hasn't really played because of that hamstring injury. Had, did get in the game yesterday, 17 touches, 90 yards, one touchdown. Um, but I don't think this, Bill, this Bills team was highly revered in the preseason. And nothing doing there. Now let's get to the Monday Nighter. Okay. Giants-Eagles. Yep. Lincoln Financial Field. Yep. 39 degrees at kick tonight. 8.30 kick, ESPN. Eagles, five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Over-unders, 50 in this contest. Ryan Matthews, I think, is going to be out for this game. I may be incorrect. Let me, let me look at this real quick. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be out. I don't know how to click on this. I'm confused. But uh, maybe that's how you do it. Yep, there you go. Okay, all better. All better. Let me, let me, let me look at this injury all report. All better. All right, so Michael Kendricks is out. Kiko Alonso is out. Nelson Aguilar is out. Ryan Matthews, questionable. That's three starters right there. Between Well, Kiko's been out for a while for Buffalo. Right. That, that's a, that trade between Buffalo and Philly is just – no one's going to win that trade because <laughs> both of them are just injured. It's horrible. Michael Kendricks is out. Nelson Aguilar is out with that ankle thing he's got going. And Ryan Matthews, he's questionable. I like Ryan Matthews. He's a better runner than DeMarco Murray so far this year. I agree. For the Eagles. Who wins this game in your mind? Philly two and three, not the Giants three and two. I think this has to be a statement game for Philly. I think if they want to compete in the division, I think they need to they need to pull this one out. So I'm I'm on board with your Eagles. So I'm you're on... actually objectively picking them to win the game. Yes. All right. I'm objectively picking them to win. I don't think Victor Cruz out. Prince Amukamara out. Odell Beckham Jr., questionable. John Beeson, questionable. Ruben Randall is probable for the Giants tonight. So yeah. Eli Manning might be without some weapons that he's used to having. I mean. I don't think Eli can just get creative on the fly if he doesn't have enough weapons with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like his gun has to be loaded. I don't think he has enough to, to scramble and to try do to do it play. on his own. Right. Needs a lot. Um, I... I don't know. It's are you tough. optimistic, or is, is it just hard? Are you trying to separate yourself and like pull back from your fandom and just go with the Eagles? And no, I, I can do that easily. Okay, because professional. But go ahead. I uh, I'm gonna pick the Eagles to win it. Um, like you said, this is a, this is a must-win game for the Eagles. A, it's at home, so they might not make it out alive if they lose. Um, B, they're at a prime spot. I mean, the da- Dallas was idle this week, making a quarterback change. The Giants are right here in town, 3-2. and two. The Redskins lost again, and, John- and Jay Gruden's sticking with Kirk Cousins, which I think is the right move, but, I mean, right. Kirk's not doing that well for Washington right now. Nope. This di- division's horrible. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely horrible. I mean, this is the division that people thought 11-5 and five might not even win it. Now, you might get to 9-7, and seven, you might win, win by two games. So I'm going to go with the Eagles tonight by 10. If they can pull this out and pull this win, are they now are they now in the driver's seat of that division? I don't know. Do you think they're the, seat. do you think that they're they'd be the team to beat out of that division? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it depends. I mean, they lo- you got to look at it this way. So they win, they'll go to three and three. The Giants will fall to three and three. Um, so they'll be a tied with the so they they would be first in the NFC East because they'd be tied with the Giants record wise, but they would have the tie breaking. With the top, with the head to head, right, and then the Cowboys would be two and three, and then the Redskins would be in the bottom at two and four. But the Eagles have lost to the Cowboys. Hmm. So I don't know if they're in the driver's seat, but they will be in first place. Put it that way, if that's going to be worth anything. But I don't know. I mean, there's still a lot to be had. Who knows? Sam Bradford could get hurt. Who knows what happens? I mean, still the last few weeks, I was this close to just calling for Mark Sanchez a week ago. If uh, Sam Bradford didn't pick things up in the second quarter, I would have been like, let's bring in Sanchez. Because he ran that offense well a year ago in Philly. Uh, he, he did a solid job. So, I don't know. The defense really stepped it up. They're going to have to continue to do that. They, they just kept playing off their man so much, and they just kept giving him space, and it was, it was ridiculous. But I think... Sam Bradford made a lot of improvements in this offense, especially throwing the ball down the field. He kind of opened up to the things. So we'll see. So we're both going with the Eagles tonight. Yep. I just hope ESPN starts keeping the lower third up because I hate when they bring in that. They take it down. They take the score thing down. That's just stupid. It annoys me. It's ridiculous. Like, I'm supposed to be paying that much attention that I remember the down and distance and the time in every scenario so that you can take it off the screen. Right. I mean, you're busy. We got papers to write and tests to study for. And- I don't study. Anywho, that's all for us today, Tubby, because we wasted too much time talking about the Cleveland Browns. It happens, and I apologize. It shouldn't happen. That's my bad. That's all for us on a Monday. I'll be back tomorrow with Chewy. We'll talk more NFL, recap hopefully an Eagles win, and more as we'll probably get into NBA because he'll be fired up because the NBA is just matters of days away here. Thanks for tuning in. EdinburghNow.com, the tune-in app on mobile devices. Check our podcast out on EdinburghNow.com later this afternoon. That's Tubby. I'm Tyler. Thanks for tuning in and starting your week off with the morning after.